Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Amen. The book of Daniel chapter 3 is where we're at today, part 3 of our series on the book of Daniel, and I've got a a special test for you in the 11 o'clock service that we didn't do at the 9 o'clock service, so hopefully you don't fail the test. Here we go. Just just go with me on this. Here we go. The bunny, the bunny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I should have just gone on. No, you didn't pass the test either. How many of you remember that, that, that song? Anybody remember that song? Yeah, the parents of, uh, or grandparents have kids that have grown up in VeggieTales land. If you don't know what VeggieTales are, it was a great um, adaptation of some of the Bible stories. The, that song was basically about these three vegetables, right? Rack, Shack, and Benny that uh, worked in a chocolate factory, and the king, King Nezi set up this statue, a giant chocolate bunny that they were all supposed to, to bow down to, right? And it was just obviously a retelling of a story that we're about to read in Daniel chapter 3. It took a comical, um, humorous approach to this story, and yet what we're about to read today is anything but humorous. It's a very real telling of a story, and we're going to talk about how that even the principles in God's Word today from Daniel chapter 3 have real-life implications in our society, in our world, and in our culture, as we've seen thus far, even in the first couple of weeks in this book of Daniel. Just to bring you up to speed on what we've walked through thus far, King Nebuchadnezzar, evil king, has invaded Jerusalem taken captive the strong, healthy uh, young men of some of the noble families and began his transformation of them. Some would call it an indoctrination, that they would begin to look like Babylon and not their upbringing. In that story, there's four main characters that we may label as like the the protagonists, the the, the heroes of the story necessarily, if you say it that way, the, the Daniel character. Then you have Shadrach. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel, we see in the intro that he's given this unique ability to discern dreams. The king brings people to him and says, I had a dream last night. Tell me what I dreamt. And and in that moment, God allows Daniel to not only tell him what he dreamed, uh, what he dreamt, but also what the interpretation of that dream was. Daniel hears from God, tells the king what his dream was, and that it signified that this king's kingdom would come to a crashing end, that an inferior kingdom would take its place, but in all of this jostling of kingdoms, the kingdom of God would be set up and could never be destroyed or conquered. The big idea that we've been talking about in this Daniel series goes into that uh, line of thinking specifically, and that is this. The world is firmly in God's hands. I, you, I am unshakable when I place every part of my life in his hands. 
It doesn't matter how long we've, we've had a history in walking this faith out. It doesn't matter our upbringing. But when we place our lives into the hands of the Almighty God, he is firmly in control. It may not look like it all the times. It, it may look like, ah, you know, this like whatever. And we can have assurance when looking through the stories in the book of Daniel that God is still firmly on the throne. Daniel chapter three, I'm going to read a large portion of scripture today because there's honestly, it just, it, it speaks for itself. And what I've also been challenged is that some of you in the room, we may have grown in these stories. We've heard these stories possibly in our upbringing and boy, be grateful for that if that's you. But sometimes when we, when we have a familiarity with the story, we can skim it. We can just, okay, I know it. Let's keep going. And we miss things that are new revelation in these stories. So I'm going to ask if that's you, if you have familiarity, just kind of um, come to it with a new lens today. But then I'm also uniquely aware that there are men and women, you know, boys, girls, moms, whatever, in the room today that, that may not even have, have heard these stories. And so we're going to let the word speak for itself today. And then after we read this portion of scripture, we have some guests that we're going to be shifting the direction a little bit, but it's a real life implication and and telling of the story that we're going to read about in Daniel chapter three today. Starting in verse one, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90, 90, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. I won't have commentary on every verse, but let me just give you some context on this one. This week, I um, was getting a little bit, I, I was 90 feet. That's a big, that's a big statue, right? So I got up in the, the catwalk in this building. And for those of you who don't know, there's like, there's little pathway. It's a catwalk up there for the lights and all that. And so I got up there with a the tape measure and Pastor Clayton and some of the team there, we had fun with kind of measuring, right? And so from the floor right here into the top of this building above the catwalk to the top of the, the building that we're in is 52 feet tall. 52 feet. So when you read this passage of scripture, when it says that he set this statue up that was 90 feet tall, twice as, almost twice as high as the building that we're sitting in today, that was a big statue. And for those of you VeggieTales people in the room, that was a big bunny. That was a real big bunny. Verse two, then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the 90 foot tall statue of King that he had set up. Verse four, then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and language, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that the king had set up. Verse eight, but some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. 
You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of all the instruments. In verse 11, it says, that decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And when they were brought brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I've set up? Verse 15, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his his face became distorted with rage, and he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in in their pants and turbans and robes and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Can you hear it? Can you hear the crescendo of the story right here? This is just unbelievable. But suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, can't you hear it in his voice? Hey, 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 didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yeah, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, well, look, he shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth one, he looks like a god. One version says the fourth one looks like the son of man. How many of you understand that in the middle of a fire, there's a fourth man in the fire? I don't care what you're walking through today, what you feel like, there's a fourth man in the fire. We can can get understanding of this principle. If we needed to stop right here, we could walk away and say, Jesus, this week I'm walking through a fire, but there's someone in that fire with me. They're walking around. You notice they didn't just run out. They just didn't have the, they just were, They were just kind of chilling. 
They were just kind of there. I got to admit, they kind of had this feeling about them. that's like, we're supposed to be crispy right now. We're supposed to be burned. We don't understand. But who's this fourth man right here? And they began to shout a little bit. And I promise you, their worship became different in that moment than it had ever become, ever been in their lives because they realized that they may not be out of the fire right now, but there's someone else with us in the fire. And for that, God never changes. God never changes his, 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 his person. He's still with us today. We can be encouraged that he's still with us, even, even in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, listen to his, his tone changes, right? Servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So they stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowded around them, I can imagine, and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's, my command, and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Can I tell you that that God is the same God today and there is no other God who can rescue like this. God's word is powerful. Then the king promoted them to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. If you hear nothing else today, I'm here to tell you that even though that there may have been a, a comical retelling of this story of Rack, Shack, and Benny, right? But it was not a comical thing in that moment. These three children were in that fire and they recognized that God could deliver them and God was with them in the middle of that trial. I want to tell you today that he's still the same God. He's still the same God. This morning, I want to take a brief second and address our online audience. Many of you um, understand that we broadcast these and our, our services, each service is online. And today, I want to tell you, if you're joining with us online, that God is still on the throne. He's still on the throne here in this earth, but he can be on the throne of your life as well. You may be walking through a fire today and you need to have that assurance that he is with you. And the way you can do that is that son of man, that fourth man, he can be on the throne in your life. The Bible says that if we ask him to forgive us of our sins and receive that forgiveness, that the old person is dead and the new one is come and we can be born again. There's so many people in the last few weeks that have made that decision here at Calvary, and we just want to walk that out with you. If you would like for us to pray with you in that space, please connect with us. There's a way on the online portion there, but also on our website that says connect with us, or at the bottom it says pray with us. You can connect. We would love to walk that journey out with you as well. Today we have a little bit of different direction and we're going to be cutting our online feed, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to number one, be encouraged that if you're walking through a fire, 
there's a fourth man in that fire. But if you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, please do that. It's the greatest decision you can ever make. And he wants to be the Lord of your life, but he wants to be the savior of your life as well and give you the assurance that he is with you always. God bless you. Have a great week of Thanksgiving and we'll see you next Sunday as well. God bless you.